Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Bit of housekeeping before you get to hear from this week's guests on the show. Please subscribe to us. You can do it via iTunes or you could do it via the TalkSport website if you need an Android feed. Go and get stuck in. Uh, now, on Saturday night, loads of different people came to join us to talk about the fights that they just had and the fights that are upcoming. It was a banging weekend, weren't it? Loads of stuff going on from Friday through to Saturday. Now, with us being on the radio on Saturday, we spoke to everybody that was in action on Friday night. I'm taking you to Coventry first because this is a fight of the year contender. If you have not seen this, I thoroughly encourage you to go and watch back what Sam Eggington did on Friday evening. He joined us on Saturday night to talk through it. Boxing fans in Coventry, two warriors who tonight have left it all in the ring. After 12 rounds of middleweight boxing, we go to the scorecards. who marches on. What a fight. What a night. Just astonishing. I revert back to what I know, and, and that's what I know. So it, it comes so natural. So, so yeah, it's just, it's just a day's work. He, he got off... What? He got off to a decent start. If we're if we if we're analysing the fight, yeah. he got off to a decent start and set a bit of a pace early doors. And it was about maybe around three, round four, where something maybe clicked in your head and or something in the corner or what have you, of which then you changed the game and then kind of implemented a different game plan. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I literally was saying the same thing to the to the interviewer yesterday. So. They obviously game plan. You only have to look at his stature to know that he's small, stocky, square on. Mm. You know, to get in tight and, and have a go. Um, so whereas I I come out and give him exactly that, I should have done the opposite and come out, you know, boxing. Yeah. But I come out fighting. It's so hard to revert back to the boxing. Whereas if I started boxing, I can quite easily, you know, go back to having a, a tear up. Mm. But um, but yeah, so I come out and I, I played right into his hands really. I thought if he wants to have a go, I'll have a go. <laughs> it, it must be difficult to curb that. Exactly what I was told not to do. Yeah, 
It must be difficult to curb that when you've got all your fans in that commentary arena that are just going absolutely wild. We've been starved, haven't we, of live sporting action for 18 months or something, and you're top of the bill there. Your fans have come out, they're all screaming for it, and you've just decided to give it them from the first bell. Yeah. And you know what it is as well? It's as much as they've been starved of it, I fought four times in lockdown. Yeah, I know. Mm. So all that, all them times, we didn't have any fans. Mm. So now they're back, as much as we're giving them what they want, they're sort of giving us what we want, which is pushing you even further. And you probably you're probably doing stuff that you wouldn't do if the fans weren't there. If that yeah. makes sense. Hundred percent, mate. Because they're you know they're screaming and and, and it's giving you more energy to to really go go for it. Did another fighter, Sam, have six fights in 2019? You're probably the only one in the world that did. Um, look, you're known as the Savage. You're known as the Warlord by some people. Um, it's still John Pegg in the corner, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Um, does John, your trainer, does he have to let you express yourself on a night like last night? Because he didn't seem to want to pull you back. Is it because he knows you so well? I think I think John John knows what I'm about. I think, mm. you know, he's been with me from the start. Um, I've been with him so many years. He has tried to, you know, you know, build me into, you know, boxing more. And it's coming out a lot more lately than it, than I've ever asked. But he does understand that, you know, at certain points of a fight, you know, it's just going to be, you know, all out, you know, war. Um, and he gets what that, that I'm about that. So he kind of gives me that for for a bit until, you know, he has to put his foot down and say, look, now it's time to switch it up. Um, and a few times last night he did. But again, a few times, he, you know, he let me just do what I do. But... Um, but- when you, I've got to ask you this because Adam and I have been talking about people like Holyfield fighting tonight at the age of fifty-eight, and I'm sure you won't be when you're fifty-eight because that's another thirty-one years. But um, and and if you are, I'm going to come and chain you somewhere so you can't. But when you when you see someone like Evander fighting tonight, how do you feel as a boxer watching someone who is legendary in the sport and is obviously fighting too old? What, what do you feel about it? It's it's a hard one. I mean. I suppose it depends on the fight. And if they want to do exhibitions between, you know, the old greats, then I suppose that's something fun they can do. But, um, yeah, it's not something I would tune in to watch, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's a um, fair assessment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, 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 probably, it's not something I'd tune in to watch. It's not something I'd take enjoyment over, really. Um, so, yeah, it's not something I'll watch. Final one from me, mate. Uh, obviously, you took us on a bit of a ride at welterweight. We had a bit of fun at 154. You seem really happy at 160. Um, I know that you've got big aspirations there. What do you want next? You must be looking up that top 15 of the WBC and trying to pick them off as you're going along. Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to say because, you know, I'm quite happy to do 154. I'm quite happy to do 160. Um, so, you know, I'm quite as long as the phone's ringing... You know, there's not, there's not many opportunities I'll turn down. You know, I'll think of every, uh, every opportunity I'll get, I'll definitely roll over, you know, at a serious level. So, um, yeah, I can do both weights. You know, if I'm being realistic, I think if I want to really want to do want to pick up a build title, I need to be trying to, to do it at 154. Because um, the big 160 lads are, are super big. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. so it's, it's, a, it's a hard one, but again, you know, it's, it's where the opportunities lie. Um, you know, we just got to wait and see what, what comes up and when the phone rings. So that happened in commentary. Over in Austria, there were a couple of Brits doing uh, their bits 
uh, in order to progress their career. John Ryder stepped up to light heavyweight just to dip his toes in the water to maybe set Tons wagging about a potential clash with Dimitri Bivol. He joined us on the show Saturday night to talk about that prospect. Yes, sir, I'm, um, I'm open to offers. Um, Philly got off me um, at 168 or 175. Um, I'm all is. How did you feel last night? Because the geezer that you were fighting against uh, and stopped and got him out of there, he has competed at cruiserweight, so it's not like you were taking a guy that was also a super middle moving up to light heavy. You were taking on a, a legit big guy. So how did you feel? No, I felt good. I felt strong in there. I felt, I felt patient. Um, bided my time. Maybe started off a bit too eager, but um, settled down by the third round and yeah got to work nicely in the fourth and finished it in the sixth uh, fifth sorry how has the last 18 months let's say been because you had that moment, great momentum going into the Callum Smith fight lots of people who witnessed that fight come away from it thinking that you were hard done by I'm sure that you were thirsty to get straight back in the, uh, the ring and, and try and continue that momentum again and it wasn't necessarily to be until the back end I think it was of 2020 before we could get you back in the ring how, how have you found this pandemic period mate and, and the frustrations that have come along with it professionally a frustrating, a real frustrating time in my life, in my career. Like you say, 2019 was a great year for me. Uh, good win in Vegas on a great card. Um, and then even taking a lot of credit from the from the Smith fight. Um, just wanted to build on momentum in 2020. And then obviously COVID struck. And then I didn't get out till December. Um, and then nine months later, we're here. Um, on a good note, it did mark my 11th year as a pro to the day I made my debut so that was nice to get out again but um, I just want to be active now I want to be busy I want to keep busy and, and fight regularly uh, a knockout that night against Ben Dagani at the York Hall um, <laughs> just to remind you um, uh, John when you were out in to, to talk like you say about the frustrations one of the things that fascinated me and I hadn't had a chance to ask you about this when you flew out to Arlington Texas in May when Billy Joe Saunders and Saul Canelo Alvarez were fighting. Was there any real prospect in your mind that week that it might be you stepped in there against Canelo? No, I wholeheartedly believed the fight would go ahead. There was too much at stake for it not to. I just um, Eddie had got me out there primarily for building up my, my own profile as I was preparing for the Dave Morrell fight, which mm. got taken from beneath me. So mm. um, here we are now, yeah, just... Um, dipping the toes in the water for, at 175 and, and seeing what we can come up with. Talk I, mean, to me, I was going to say, talk to me about the Dave Morrell situation. Man. Mm, how, how many mm. times does that fight have to be called by uh, the WBA for it for it still not to have happened? Well, I mean, I was I was training for it in, in May when I went out to Dallas. Um, I think it was about six weeks to, to the actual date that I'd been told. And then the next thing I know, they put an appeal into the WBA to have a fight in the in the meantime and get some more experience and they had a one round knockover job so that was quite frustrating mm. and then the, the um, person has got called again and that's been a slow process again so I mean I just don't want to be messed about anymore I want to know what's, what's happening and just get on with my career. But has the WBA done the right thing by by removing some of those belts, in your view? I know you were going for the world title, not the superior title or the super title um, with the WBA. Do you believe in the fact that the, the, the belts should be thinned out a little bit more? Sorry, thickened, if anything, rather than thinned out, that they should thin out the number of world champions? 
Yeah, I, I do. But I think, I mean, the interim belt, I think, served its purpose. I mean, when you've got regular champions and super champions, I think that's where the, the lines get blurred. I mean, mm. I think everyone knows what an interim title is. It, it could be for someone that's won the final eliminator who's yeah. waiting for their shot at the champion. But if anything happens to the champion, they can defend that in the meantime. I think it gets a bit confusing when you've got interim, regular, super, um, Wales. Well, they had forty-three. They, I think they had forty-three champions in all, just in the WBA in the in the in seventeen the, divisions. In, yeah. in seventeen divisions, it was clearly too many. But um, the thing is, I, I, it's interesting um, the, the the light heavyweight challenge. I mean, I, I, I mean, we didn't really explore it. Why why light heavyweight when you're so highly ranked at super middleweight? Is it because you don't feel you're going to get a Canelo Alvarez fight very soon or that, that it's all tied up with he and Caleb Plant? I mean, what's the reason? I just want to stay active, really. I just want to, mm. just want to keep busy. I know there's, chance, there's talks of a potential Bivol fight and then uh, so I'm open to it. I'd, I'd happily go up to 175 and fight Bivol, but it's a great matchup, that actually. That's, That's a, a great, great matchup. matchup. It is. It is very good. Yeah. Craig, which said a great fight of him mm. a couple mm. months ago, but mm. I mean, I relish these big chances. So if, if the opportunity comes up, then I'd, I'd take it at both hands. But I'm in a position where I can still go to 168 and, and take on big fights. So whatever Eddie and the team come up with, I'm, I'm happy to oblige. Well, well, that's it. Listen, last night was one of those where you dip your toes in to show people that you're willing to obviously fight at light heavyweight. And Eddie's obviously connected very heavily with Dimitri Bivol, and he's obviously connected with you. There's there's talk, fingers crossed, and there's obviously there's a Dillian White card coming up at the end of October, isn't there? And there was talk in and around that date that maybe Bivol would be out and you would be the perfect person to be able to step in there, seeing as that you are so highly ranked with the WBA. Okay, at 168, but you're a recognisable name to the WBA to be able to sanction that fight. Yeah, I think it uh, makes sense. And, and obviously now that I've had a fight at 175, we know that, listen, I've, I've still got room to grow into it, but that I can, I can at least compete. More than compete. I think you did a good job last night, mate. Listen, um, it's good. To, it's good that you're out. And fingers crossed. When when are you thinking of getting back out again, John? When w- what's the target date? Is it that uh, card, that Dillian White card, at the end of October? Well, no, nothing specific as of yet. I mean, gonna have a, a week at home, um, recover and, and pick it up again. But I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to talk to Eddie this week, hopefully, and then just hearing what's next and what the plan is. Also in action in Austria on Friday night was the Sheffield Stunner. That's his new nickname, not official one. We just made it up for this particular show. Dalton Smith gave us a call on his way back from Heathrow. Oh, it feels like I've done um, an Iron Man or something. <laughs> um, no, I'm just up the, going up the motorway now from Heathrow. And, yeah, I'm happy to see my bed tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Listen, on, on performance-wise... Um, the, I think we, when we spoke last, activity was one of the things that we were we were talking about quite a lot. And as I've said on this show, on countless times about yourself, mate, um, I want to see those challenges come your way this season. I want to see trinkets on the line. I want to see you uh, fighting for Lonsdale belts, European belts, and all that type of stuff in the not too distant future. How important for you is activity at this stage of your career? I think it's one of the most important things for my career now to stay active. Um, like you know, I'm on. That was my ninth fight um, last night. So, I think for me to learn and keep progressing, and you know, to to start fighting for those those major titles, it's about staying active. Because you know, last night I was able to get the rounds under my belt, and you know, that's something I, I definitely needed, and it did it did good for my for my progression. So, 
so yeah, I just need to stay active and, and make sure every time I'm fighting now, I'm, I'm learning something new, new to put into my uh, my professional career. Le- level of uh, opponents going to be important for, for you, I think, as well, Don. I don't know how you're feeling. I mean, the first two, three rounds last night, you were rapid, absolutely rapid, and it was quite obvious that the lad after that point didn't want to tango. And when somebody doesn't necessarily want to dance, it's very hard then for you to showcase your talents to the maximum that they are. You need someone to come back at you and obviously offer something the other way. I think that you put him into a bit of a shell after about nine minutes, mate. Um, did you feel that during that? Did you did you feel like entering the fourth round, you don't fancy this this kid, he's getting on his bike and he's legging it around the ring? I did, to be fair, but, you know, all credit to him, it was game and every time I landed, he, he always did seem to come back with something. It was very tough. And he took some very good shots, well. So, um, so yeah, I think after the first couple of rounds, um, you know, I knew it, it was going to be durable, and I'm not just going to be able to blast him out of there like yeah. my, my previous opponent. So, you know, I think he got to four or five rounds, and and to be honest, it was I, I felt a bit flat in, in the in the fight. Um, but then I knew I knew I'm not just going to start. I can't just go in there and start trying to blast people out. So, you know, me, my dad was in the corner. He was like, right, he says. His, his durability is there. He says, "Just take your time, and we can get we can get the rounds in." Um, so, you know, obviously the rounds went on. I had a plenty in the tank, and I was able to come out with t- with ten rounds. And you know, with an opponent who was who was who was there for every second of the fight. That's the thing I was thinking, Dalton. That the, you know, getting thirty minutes under your belt of activity um, against a guy. I think he's. I think he'd only been stopped once as well, but it was retired uh, way back in his career, like four or five years ago. And, you know, he, he had the skills to pay his own bills in there. And um, I know you're a predatory kind of fighter. Well, that's how we see you, I think, very often, that, you know, you like to go in there and you don't you don't like to sit back necessarily. But I think, you know, the fact that you can go through six, seven rounds and just box is a really good thing for you. You'll look back on that fight and say, yeah, yeah, I learned things from that. And one of the things that I was curious about, I've just got back from the Tokyo Paralympics, but one of the things that I was curious about after the Olympics is, of course, you forewent um, potentially going to Tokyo 2020, that would have been now. Um, yeah. When you look back on that and you see what Galalia Fai did, Lauren Price and Ben Whitaker and some of the others, and I was with Anthony Joshua yesterday, he was talking about it, and how, and, and, and Lawrence Coley about that, how you, how you deal with yourself after an Olympic Games, how it's complex. Are you, are you, do you ever have a hankering and think, ah, maybe I should have stayed, or are you happy with where you're at? You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, and you know, I never look back on the past and you know regret things or wish I'd done, done done things because you know, in that in that moment, that's that's what was right and that was the right situation. But you know, I I got the privilege to to watch my ex teammates to to go out there and win you know the medals and and have one of the best Olympics they've had, and and it was just the timing for me was it was a time to turn professional, so. It was guttering at the time, you know. It was it was bitter to, to swallow when I when, you know, when I had to make the, the decision to turn professional. But you know, I don't look back now with any regrets because you know I'm well, pushing well on into my professional career now, and you know, looking towards the major titles in in, in my next you know two three fights. So you know, I just sat back and you know got a great feeling from seeing my teammates win win the medals. The funny thing is, as well, if you count very early in COVID, you've had five fights during the COVID pandemic as well, which not many boxers have had. Do you, looking at some of those guys, because you do know them and you were in the English Institute of Sport with them and you know those chaps and and the girls, um, 
would you pick out anyone in particular, maybe maybe two, maybe three, who you think really will come on in the pro game? To be honest, I think anyone who was sent to the Olympics has got a very bright future ahead of them. And I remember when I was on the squad at the time, obviously I was part of that of that team. And Rob always said to me, he said, the, the many cycles he's been on the Great Britain squad, he said, that's the strongest he's ever had it. it you know, it's not just two, three fighters in the squad. It's every single weight plus the twos and threes who, who, who were strong. So it was it, the, the competition there was always, you know, it was full on and, and the talent, what was in the squad. So I think anybody who turns professional has got a very bright future. Yeah, absolutely, man. Enjoyed watching him. There's going to be some uh, good tales coming out of that uh, Olympic team. And obviously, uh, you're one of those as well, mate. Um, are you still uh, allowing your fan base to uh, select your uh, trunk and uh, and, uh, and outfit colours for, for your fights? I saw that the uh, classic Sheffield Wednesday strip was worn last night, mate. Yeah, it was the classic, I think it was the 93, 94 yeah. retro kit, yeah. the black okay. and gold. I like yeah. it. Very Mark Bright, I felt. It was a bit Mark was, Bright, David Hurst. That's where I was at with it. That was it. And um, to be honest, my, my colours are, you know, navy blue and white, the, the traditional Wednesday colours. So, you know, me and my team caught with an idea to put the retro kit yeah. together and let the, let the fans decide. And, you know, it paid off because I thought the kit looked amazing, what Susie made up. And, mm. you know, it was just a change of colours and... You know, maybe we could put a poll out for, an, you know, for another bunch of retro kits and see what gets voted and not keep going through them like that because, um, yeah, I was impressed with the kit last night. Wednesday had, um, they, they had that orange thing, didn't they, once upon a time, as an away kit? Um, yeah, I think, I think they did. Yeah, you don't yeah. want that. Don't ever put that up, mate. You don't want them to be walking yeah, out in that. Go on, I'll take you over. I'll put that one down. <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, since we're talking... Uh, Football fandom here. Um, so you're driving home, yeah? But don't talk about the result. No, oh, okay. I'm talking no, about no, football. No, 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 no. So, it was, so you're driving home. Is dad driving? No, we've got a driver. Oh, okay. Posh now. Big time now. Yeah, got a driver now. Pri- private jet home. <laughs> took 12 hours. Wrong private jet, obviously. Why has it taken you so long to get home? To get into... So I, the, the fight was in Klagen for, for in um, Austria. Um, and it was... You know, we had to fly to Vienna and then... So going there, we had to get a flight to Vienna. It means nothing it to a, me. Yeah. So oh, Vienna. Vienna. Never mind. <laughs> and then a three and a half hour <laughs> coach journey to um, Klagenfurt. But we managed to get a flight back to Vienna from Klagenfurt today and then so on to Heathrow. But wow. it's not it's not straightforward getting getting there, but it was worth it because it was um, it's a very beautiful place and the scenery there, it was um, it was amazing. A couple of fans went out as well, didn't they, mate? I saw you pictured with a couple of Wednesday fans that were out there supporting you and what have you. It was, yeah. I've got a couple of loyal supporters who've come out. So, um, so yeah, big thanks to them. And, you know, they came over to show their support. Can, when, can, can you get... Is Dad's there with you, yeah? He is, yeah. He's sat in the front, though, and he's divided by... Um, Oh, is he? No, I want him to sing. I want him to sing the Midgeur Ultravox song over here. No, no it means nothing. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now coming up on September the 25th, Lawrence O'Coley makes his first defense of his world title. We had a chat about all sorts of stuff on Saturday night, starting, first of all, with music. I've got a new car. With a new navy, got a new yard, with a new ID. Playboy, I got a few Obviously, that's one of your tracks there that we've just been playing in the background. So we got music. Obviously, you released the book. You're the world champion now in the boxing ring. Is there anything else that you're thinking of taking over anytime soon, Lawrence? Have you got have you got any other plans for any other genres to have a go at? Yeah, I think I think acting is one that I need to, you know, tip dip my toe in. Yeah. And um why not just open up a McDonald's or, or something like that? I think that I think that those are the next two 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 ventures. I think I'm gonna wow. I can like I can it. I just say so? I was listening to the lyrics and I've got a few bunnies yeah. and they'll do anything for me. Can you just a bit talk like us you got a, that a little that's bit? A bit like you, you got a few bunnies. I got, I got bunnies everywhere. Of course I, have. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do anything for me though. No Easter. And they, you know... Yeah, 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 right. yeah, No, 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 yeah. no, no. Real sees real here. Come on, talk real. <laughs> talk real, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> serious, one on, serious one on the acting, though. Um, is it something that you've already started, Lawrence? Are you thinking of uh, do, doing a movie or something anytime soon? Yeah, um, obviously, I haven't started it and I haven't been casted yet. Um, but you know what? I've, I've, I've let the team know that it's something I want to do and they're going to go out and see what needs to be done. If I need to have lessons or whatever. Because the way I see it is that, of course, that boxing is my love of my life and, you know, it's what I'm known for. But ultimately, you know, there's more stuff in life to do and, you know, try. So at least I, I want, when it's all said and done to say that, you know, I, I, I did stuff that I wanted to do. Do you know what I really like about this? And, you know, Lawrence and I have um, had, and you know this, Lawrence, we've had some really nice heart-to-hearts when we've been doing interviews before and, like, you know, being really honest about things. And what I think is fantastic about you is, you know, that your success in yourself through boxing has made you realise you can kind of achieve anything you want to go out there and do. And we're really seeing that from you. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. You know, it's like, obviously... 
we, we've heard it a million times before in boxing. You know, I came from nothing mm. and, you know, got to this point and that. But as you said, I think it's more so the mindset mm. changing me than anything else, you know. I understand that there's, you know, of course you get, you know, rewarded for boxing, um, but there's other ways to get rewarded, um, not just obviously financially, but just in terms of, like, accomplishment and achievement, you know. Um, if I was to, you know, star in a, in a in a number one film, I think it would feel like, you know, similar to how someone would feel winning a title or, you know, my book became number one seller that I felt a sense of pride, you know, maybe not as much as the world title, but, it, you know, I'm, I'm just searching for those highs wherever they are. Listen, I know, I know that you get a lot of fulfilment from speaking to the next generation, the younger people at schools and colleges and various things like that. The conversations you must have with them now must be crazy because any, anybody that's ever spent any time with any school kids and what have you that do have those restraints on their own beliefs and dreams and what have you, they'll always come up with a reason as to why something can't happen. Now, speaking to you, you go, well, yeah, I've conquered sport. Yeah, yeah, I've done music. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've done, I've done, I've done writing as well. Now I'm doing movies. It, those conversations must be incredibly fulfilling for you. No, hundred percent. And it's the same thing that I say to all of them: the fact you, the limitations are the ones that you put on yourself. You know, of course, you have to be realistic in what your goals and dreams are and what you really want in life. But ultimately, as that you know, age-old saying goes: um, if you believe you can, or you can't. You're, you're probably right. So I just tell everyone to just believe that you can do it and just go for it. You know, if you want to open up uh, a health clinic, go and open up a health clinic. If you want to open up a McDonald's, give it a go. If you want to, anything you want to do in this life, you should you should just push yourself and work hard at it. Well, what's the, um, just for those listening tonight who maybe don't know you as well as we do, what was the turning point for you in this? Was it the realisation that, that on the, of the journey you've come on? What Was there a moment... Because this has happened in the last... I mean, it may have been happening in you all the time and now you're just mm. open about it, but was there a moment where you kind of thought, do you know what? Something has really grown in me. You know, it's like you've fallen into a vat full of wisdom, you know? Yeah. Well, to be honest, obviously, maybe it was there, whatever, I'm not sure, but I think, you know what? Something definitely changed at the European title fight win I don't know where it was but I remember mm. going to a change room and feeling feeling different within myself um, after I won that fight because I'd known the stuff that I'd you know um, gotten over going into that fight afterwards I was just like you know what like you can do it like I was just, you know what I mean especially yeah, against Stephen Nagarbu that night you mean yeah, against, yeah, at some yeah. of the O2 Arena that's the one yeah mm, so mm. I knew it was a big occasion um, a hard opponent you know undefeated you know strong guy whatever and, you know, overcoming that, I was just like, you know what, like, I'm actually good at this sport and I'm I'm good at stuff in life, so just, you know what, just do it. Mm. Mate, uh, I like it. Well, September 25th, it's uh, Dillian Prazovic uh, that stands in front of you on the Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk undercard there. It's your mandatory challenger. Um, first defence here, Lawrence. Um, menta- yeah. Is there a mentality shift now that the hunter has become the hunted? Yeah, 100%. It's a very, very different feeling. Um, it, it, and it's, it's actually hard to kind of... Uh, I think you put it the best way probably the hunter will come to hunt to decide now I have the prize you know I'm not hunting for someone else's thing and I've definitely been the type of person who throughout my career I'm always hunting that next that next thing the unification is what I'm hunting for now you know the world title the European the British the, whatever it is mm. so now I've had to take a moment and understand that I'm going to be hunted in this fight and I have to you know assert my dominance but the way I've kind of gotten around that is saying, you know what, 
um, this is my final eliminator for the unification fights. You know what I mean? So I need to go out there, put on a good statement. Otherwise, there is no unifications, you know. Um, and that's it, really. And I just enjoy winning. So that, that, that's pretty much been my motivation this, this camp. Have you, Lawrence, have you had a look at the, the this, um, obviously, three other world champions, Maris Bradis, who we were quite aware of, of course, because of the World Boxing Super Series, mm-hmm. uh, the IBF champion, Arsene Goulamirian, uh, mm-hmm. the WBA super champion, and, and Ilunga Makabu, who we mm-hmm. remember, of course, uh, mm-hmm. fought uh, Tony Bellew in, in a great night at um, Everton yeah. at Goodison Park. Um, WBC champion. Have you got Have you got a route into each one of these? Obviously, you're not looking beyond Presovich, but have you got a route into these with, with Eddie Hearn and, and Anthony Joshua? Yeah, so I think that I, I obviously would like the Bradis fight. You know, I feel like he's ranked number one. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's probably got the most notoriety and also probably the, not probably, definitely the, the most extensive sort of, you know... Yeah. Resume, uh, yeah. Resume, mm. you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's hard to deny. So I would like to beat him while he's number one to just further, you know, show that I am what I, what I believe I am. Um, however, obviously, as we well, we know in boxing now, and I, I'm only realising now, there's, there's a lot of politics, there's a lot of how much am I going to mm. get paid, how much this, okay, that, um, that kind of gets in the way, um, which I wasn't really expecting um, from someone like Bradis, but it has already, you know, popped his head up. So, depending on, you know, what Eddie and the zone and that can do in terms of finances, hopefully we can entice him into a fight. And if not, there's a, probably an easier route with the um, the uh, one that bought Belly. I don't want to get his name wrong. Macabre. Macabre, Macabre, yeah. Yeah, along, yeah I think that he's probably more up more up for it. You know, it'll be a mm. big fight um, for for both of us. Yeah, he's obviously been to England already. Boxed Tony Belly. You know, um, he's been undefeated since. Um, and just gone from strength to strength. So I think that's another good fight as well. I like the mentality that you've got there, that you're seeing the fight um, at the Spurs Stadium as an eliminator for those fights. I think that's the right way of going about it, that that is the the gateway uh, to, to the multiple belts that you uh, obviously desire. What's uh, What's the thoughts... Of actually going into a sixty thousand seat stadium. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It must be so exciting. Absolutely, from 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 being behind closed doors to every mm-hmm. man and his dog now coming out to watch you do yeah. the do the business. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, like I usually just take stuff in my stride to be honest until the aftermath. But um, I've just said, you know, I'm just going to go out there, enjoy the ring walk, um, make sure that there's something I can watch back afterwards and, and laugh and post on online. Um, <laughs> and then is the tune know, selected? Have you got the tune selected? Come on, man, you're doing one of your tunes. Music, of course, course he is. Another one of my own songs. Yeah, of course. So like. Yeah, I thought I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll probably come out with my own music to be fair. Yeah, but then, um, then obviously go in there and just do what I'm meant to do, which is block, block punches, land punches. You know, slip, look a little bit classy, and hopefully get a big knockout. <laughs> I, I like it when you hit really hard and hold. <laughs> if I'm no, honest, no, no. <laughs> that's the last stadium fight. Once, the next one's now. But I'm just gonna, yeah, that's the one I'm gonna take no damage. And give damage, and then um, <laughs> and after I'm gonna walk around the stadium and get harassed by supporters. I'm not gonna <laughs> love that. Brilliant, love that attitude. Uh, listen, Lawrence, <laughs> just before we let you go, obviously we've uh, we've had the Olympics this year. I know it was delayed a year yeah. and what have you. You were former Olympian. We had some fantastic successes in there. Talk to me about your thoughts from the things that you saw from the guys and girls over in Tokyo. No, it was epic. It was epic. I was so proud of them. A little bit jealous as well. Mm. But at the same time, 
um, moreover proud, you know, just seeing them go out there and um, achieve, you know, so well. Just the whole team, you know, buzzing. Um, I remember what it was like in Rio and to see some of my Rio Olympians go on and win, you know, Galal particularly, yeah. yeah, yeah, second games, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, even Fraser's journey's been immense, hasn't it? Yeah, all yeah, amazing yeah. because ultimately, you know, I sometimes I look at the success that I have had since the Olympics and think, oh, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm obviously happy I made the right choice mm. personally. However, those guys going on and getting medals, they've made the right choice in their own lives. Do you get on coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nothing would be worse than you know waiting and then it not working out but I think every Olympian that did the 2016 I believe has gone on and got a medal this time if they stayed um, so anyway long story short man I was really happy really proud of them and now I'm excited to see them all turn over on a wave and um, and like, yeah, like I said like obviously I'm going to be their biggest supporters as well so there you have it he's out on September the 25th at Spurs Stadium he is on the undercard of Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk and myself and Gareth got stuck into that fight on Saturday in two weeks from today my friend mm. we have uh, the unified heavyweight champion of the world putting it all on the line against the former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world and double Olympic gold medalist in uh, Alexander Usyk it's happening at Spurs Stadium in front of 60,000 people. It's a sensational night of fights. Now, I just want to have the conversation, mainly for those fans that genuinely believe that this is a knockover for Anthony Joshua. What are you talking about, man? I've been on record when this fight was made, and I will keep this same energy, even if AJ knocks Usyk out in the first round. And that's like, that, that could happen. It's heavyweight boxing. I will keep the same energy that this is Anthony Joshua's toughest test in the professional game. People will come at me and say, what about Klitschko? What about this? What about that? I, this is this is how highly I rank Usyk and where he is currently at. Okay, we've not seen it at heavyweight. This guy is elite and he will pose some serious questions for Anthony Joshua on September the 25th. Joshua will have to be at his very, very, very best to beat him and retain his unified crown. I'm not going to disagree with you, Adam, but I don't think it's the hardest fight that Anthony Joshua's had in his career. I'd still think it's Klitschko, uh, mainly because of his experience. Um, even though it was a faded Klitschko, had already been beaten by Tyson Fury. But there are things about Alexander Usyk um, that I will not deny that you're talking about. Olympic champion, um, brilliant amateur, hundreds of bouts under his belt, used to dealing with very big men, a.k.a. Joe Joyce, uh, and beating them. Um, not intimidated at all. Unified, sorry, undisputed cruiserweight mm. champion, the weight division below heavyweight. Undefeated as a professional fighter. Um, full of confidence. Believes in himself utterly. Um got some proper hood in him as well mm. Ukrainian hood I remember saying to him once you know what was it like where you grew up and he said gangs um, crime um, I missed out on an opportunity this week to go and see him over there as well which, I, which I'm sad about because I wasn't uh, around to go because I was in Tokyo but he's a special guy and I think he's he's got that natural screw loose that we've got to know about him that makes him very dangerous as well. Like, he, he's got... He's a Bond buddy. Yeah, exactly. He's a Bond buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a Bond goodie, really. He's an, if he's a baddie, he's acting bad. Uh, but 
you know, he's 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 certainly got incredible toughness in him, but athletically, mm-hmm. I won't disagree with you that he's a smaller man than Joshua, and athletically, he could be the most troublesome um, boxer that Anthony Joshua ever Absolutely. faces, and he's a southpaw as well. It, here's and one I for think you. That then. makes a big difference. I think you've actually said this on this show. Um, the longer this fight goes, does it favour Alexander Usyk? Absolutely it does. I, I cannot see, if Anthony Joshua has done his job properly, he's not going to, he will use his jab, um, he will be aggressive, um, he will work on certain things, he will put pressure on Alexander Usyk, he won't want Usyk to have it as his, at, at his pace, at his tempo. But if Usyk's there at the end, and they're still trading in rounds 11 and 12, I can't see why Anthony Joshua won't have made him go into exchanges at that point, tired him out by holding him and leaning on him and, mm. and, and make him show that he is so much the bigger man. Maybe not that much heavier. Mm-hmm. Maybe not much more than a stone, maybe 18 pounds heavier. Um, but this is a fight in which Anthony Joshua needs to find the target and detonate. I agree. Uh, and, I, and that's what he needs to do with this guy. Do not let him have a rhythm. Do not let him feel comfortable. Do not let him move around. Those first four or five rounds against Derek Chisora um, that Usyk had, um, he made him uncomfortable. You could see Usyk was uncomfortable with the size of the man, with the aggression. Yes. I know Joshua's a different type of fighter to to, to Derek uh, Chisora, who comes in, he bobs and he weaves, and he, you know, and he and he's he's there in your face all the time, and he's coming forward. He's got an incredible chin, a very strong physique, a very strong engine, um, and, and Joshua fights in a different way. Um, but I just, I, I see he's got to put it on Usyk. And I don't mean go out there and just let his hands go, but just keep him under pressure, keep walking him down. I agree, I agree. What we saw, what we've seen anyway from Usyk is that he's a master of distance and he makes you feel that you have to do something all the time. He's making you work when you don't necessarily want to work. Just a couple of stats on Anthony Joshua for people that are listening to this. In, his, in the 18 fights pre-Klitschko, all right, he knocks everybody out. All of them are knockout victories, uh, and I think the furthest that he end that he goes in those fights is to the seventh round. Mm. That's with Dillian White and I think Dominic Brazil. But mm. he gets the job done. That's the furthest he's gone since the Klitschko fight. And everybody looks at the Ruiz fight as the thing that has changed his mentality. I look to the Klitschko fight as the fight that has changed Anthony Joshua's mentality, where he's gone more jab heavy. And if you look from since Klitschko, Klitschko. The earliest he's got somebody out of there is the seventh round. He's never done it. He hasn't got anybody out since Klitschko in the first half of a fight. He, he, he feels his way into a fight and then starts to take over in the second half of a fight. And I think it was Povetkin he got out there in, in the seventh round. Should have got him out in the fourth. He should have, but he, he, he ended up waiting and he ended up getting it out in, in the seventh round. We've had decisions. We've obviously had a defeat with Ruiz and we've had uh, later stoppages uh, as well. I just think that we need to see the original Anthony Joshua in in this particular fight. I think we need to be aggressive from the start because I think if you allow Usyk to get a rhythm in the fight, that's when the problems will come. Completely agree. I mean, and look, I think my view is slightly different to yours in that he went into the fight with, you know, um, the Alexander Povetkin fight was the seventh round as well, TKO. Mm. Parker, he went 12 rounds with, if yeah. you remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a fight that the referee didn't allow to develop, yeah, it was a referee. very, very odd night. Very, yeah. very, very odd night. Um, you know, Takam was 10 rounds. Yeah. 
Um, and that was contentious with the cuts, man. I mean, yeah, that could have gone the full distance. Ex- exactly. Um, you know, so that I think I think he's I think he's still that he will he will always be aware of what happened in the first Ruiz fight in America, where someone exchanged with him and he got caught and he's he's going to be wary of that in the future he he, he was not gun shy against Andy Ruiz but he did a good number on Ruiz in the second fight oh he was he, top class yeah exactly and he dominated that fight um Pulev I, I thought he dominated that fight yeah, you he know he, he, got, he barely caught um and I, I, the thing is, I think you know, you look at him. He's is is a is an incredibly. He's one of the wealthiest athletes in the world. He's one of the most marketable men in the world. Um, he's twenty four and one in his career. One blemish against Andy Ruiz. He he doesn't do anything wrong. Less is more with everything. I know I've said some of these things before, and and yet we 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 look to not pick holes in him, but see where there are holes, mm. and you know. For me, he's a natural destroyer. He, that, that's what it, that's what he is. He's an enforcer as a fighter, and he's going to go in there and he's going to get hit. Um, it, I think he has a similar vulnerabilities in the way that Amir Khan had vulnerabilities. You you you, you worried about him going in against elite opponents because you worried what strategy he would have, whether he would implement the game plan, whether the game plan would go out of the window. And I feel with Anthony Joshua, he's so reliant on Rob McCracken, his coach. He's so reliant on the rituals he's gone through, on on the strategies that he's gone through, on the game plan. He's a very much a game plan guy. He's very much a plotter and a planner. You know, he's, he's not a spontaneous person, Anthony Joshua, but deep in him, there's this spontaneous fighter. Oh, mate. There's a guy that wants to fight. Yeah, and and and, and, and that's a, what makes it, it exciting. In a way, I'd like to see that every time, but it means he's going to lose two out of six mm. in the next twelve fights. You know, he, he's a guy that will 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 probably fight for three or four more years. I can't see him going beyond that. And you know, the the, the fights out there are all going to be difficult. There's going to be no gimmies for him. There've been no gimmies. No. You know, in my view, since since Klitschko, well, you beat since, Klitschko, since you know Gary Cornish. Since Do you think Dillian White wasn't a gimme? I don't think you know. At that um, stage, though, Dillian was very, very raw. And that's a British title fight, yeah, isn't it? You know. Yeah. I think you when you step up and you take on Klitschko, you're aware then. That was only you know. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean that was a big, big night. It's a night that the nation remembers as well. Yeah. It was the you know I know George Groves and and Carl Froch fought at, at Wembley Stadium and it was eighty thousand, wasn't it? Um, as Carl would probably be texting us to remind us right now. But the, but that was our big night. He carried that event and he knew afterwards he could carry. And it was like, you know. Then it was the Principality Stadium in Cardiff twice. Then Wembley again. Um, so. This is interesting as well um, on on the twenty fifth September, Adam. That it's what is it? It's it's September two thousand and eighteen. The last time he was in a big stadium fight. So it's three years, you know. And, and prior to that, he you know what he'd done three hundred fifty thousand people in four events. Mm. So he's got to step up again. I think he's grown. I mean, speaking to him this week, we we're on Zoom, a group of us. I did find him. Very mature and 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 you know he's he's saying all the right things and 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 projecting all the right things. He's consistent. He is, but but there is that odd moment with with Anthony. You know, watch so much boxing over the years where you see him having to think 
and and it's it's where it's where his natural propensity to fight and where he's being taught to think meet is is fascinating with Joshua because then you get the products because he's one of the greatest finishers I've ever seen. When someone's hurt, mm. you don't want to be hit by a five punch combination from Anthony Joshua because you're not getting up. Mm. And I th- that's th- I see that end for Usyk. Unless, unless Joshua gets caught. Listen, it's a fascinating <laughs> fight. It's it a is. fascinating For anybody that thinks that it's a... Well, Usyk doesn't do it at heavyweight, trust me. This is a proper fight, mm. a real fight. And, okay, we wanted the big one. We wanted Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. This is a wonderful fallout to that. And fingers crossed it will lead to that fight that we all want to see in the heavyweight division. There you go. Make sure you come back and join us on Saturday night live on TalkSport. But if you can't, you can always get the best bits and the guests that we have on the show here on the podcast. So subscribe via iTunes and do it via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.